This episode of The Diablo Show is brought to you in part by The Diablo Show Loot Pinata, exclusively available at frogpants.com store. Get yours today. If you have questions about blindness, you should talk to Pepin. I knew that he gave my grandmother a potion that helped clear her vision, so maybe he can help you too. Does every single legendary you ever have drop into your greedy little Diablo hands have to be special? Does every single sword with a stupid name have to grant you 50 cool things? No. No, they do not. But you think about it when you're playing and you walk out of a a rift or a, you know, a bounty with I don't know, let's say three legendary drops. And you're so excited, man. You open them up like Christmas morning. You're thinking, ooh, what prey do these have on them? And then when you find out, you hold them up to the light and you see, oh, well, this isn't better than what I already have. And in fact, it's just a legendary in color and name only. There's no hugely beneficial thing the stats are okay but not great there's no like procced cool demon to fight at your side or something that makes you explode in a big egg fart and triple your damage for the next 10 seconds or any of those things it is just a legendary item with average stuff going on is that so bad is it so bad to go to the dude and shard that thing for a, a you know an extra soul to keep in your bag when you got to go make something? I think it's all right. Doesn't bother me that much, but uh Veneris in the cha- in the uh, uh the, the official Blizzard forums blue poster Veneris. I don't know what his other role might be there. Is it just community? Or is this a dev? I could, probably could have looked and found out, but I read the posts all the time and I don't really think about who's behind it. But anyway, do all legendaries have to be special? They've been asking on the forums. Listen to this quote. Making every legendary special or game changing was a major goal for Reaper of Souls, but it turned out that there was not enough time before release to properly overhaul all the old legendaries since there were so many of those. Making all legendaries truly unique and special is still an important goal, though. So over time, with the release of future uh, patches, rather, we will continue to see older legendaries getting re-rolled or replaced with newer versions. And completely new legendaries with new powers will be added as well. Unquote. Good news. Your legendaries will be specialer. More specialer. Yeah, I, uh, I mean, think about it. It's interesting because they could have just come out and said, well, you know, we're, we're meant to have trash ones in there so you could... Uh, Recover them and use them for, for uh, you know, various mats and whatever. But no, they're, they're, they really do want legendaries to be truly, truly unique. And that's awesome. So we know that the new patch will have a lot of re-rolls on your existing stuff. Although, let's see, how did they say that was going to work? Was it going to, no, it's not going to retro, was it going to retroactively? Yeah, I think the deal was it's not going to retroactively affect the gear you already have. Other than like other stat changes in the game, but you're going to have to re-get some of that stuff to get the changes. Wasn't that the deal? Oh, now I don't remember. Well, hey, I can say with confidence it's one or it's one or the other. <laughs> right? 
Um, anyway, I'm all for this. I think this is a, a good move. I want, I want those moments when you get something special to truly be special, even if it doesn't outrank what you're using or doesn't, you know, benefit you as much as you'd like it to. I still think it's great that they will have these kinds of effects and stuff. I suspect that a lot of this is reaction to the auction house going away, or at least it's part of that roadmap because the auction house, uh, you know, I don't know. It created this weird way to get the, the legendaries you really wanted. And they, they had to have a lot of average drops so that people would still get drops. Well, you know, that auction house really, that was just such a bad idea. I do, I do not fault them for trying it or, nor do I doubt their intent with it. A lot of people think it was just this money grab. I don't, I really don't think that's what was going on there. I think they genuinely thought this was a way to create a safe place to exchange goods around the game rather than black market stuff that always exists outside of these games. But I think we, like them, quickly learn that, ooh, this is not good for the game. I mean, there's a reason this show came out a year and a half after the, or what is it, two years now since the game came out because it wasn't good. It wasn't good enough for me until now. Not that I have some crazy high standard, but you know what I mean? 2.0 changed everything for me. So, yeah, it's good. It's a good thing. This is a good thing to have these legendaries in there. It's a good thing to 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 know that they're going to be just improved and and retrofit and all that stuff is good. I wonder if they'll retrofit stats or if they'll just retrofit like procable stuff. Like for example, will we see? I don't know a legendary where uh, currently it's it's just you know decent stats on it or whatever. Got some plus you know, 50% to gold find or something weird. But with the retrofit, now it will also have a small uh, monkey that spawns and he throws his poop at your enemies or something. Not that they all need to be goofy, but you know what I mean. I don't know. They haven't really said, but we're so much closer to 2.1 than we were yesterday or a week ago. We'll get to more of that later. Hey, Scott. I was uh, recently leveling my Crusader, and his dialogue is so basic compared to all the other heroes. Like, uh, in Act 1, when you're trying to reclaim the uh, Tyrael sword for Kane, there's the uh, part where you go into the Khazra cave, and Matt is like, the sword belongs to me. And every other hero is like, oh, no, you witch. This, this sword couldn't possibly belong to you. It belongs to the righteous and whatnot. But, uh... The Crusader, he's just like, I disagree. I'm just wondering why all his dialogue is so basic compared to all the other heroes. Thanks. Love the show. Blizzard would tell you probably, I, I'm, 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 this is pure conjecture on my part, okay? Let me make that clear. Blizzard would probably tell you that um, he has less to say or he is more soft-spoken or, uh, you know, he is but a humble servant of the light. Or something, right? So he's gonna he has less he's less conversational as a result. That might be what they'd say. I feel like they sort of said that when people said, Hey Blizzard, why the why just the weird paper mache looking uh, cinematics at the end of this game of the expansion? Why not some full blown cinematic like you did with Diablo three? Why didn't we get more of those throughout the expansion? And their answer was, you know, we thought about it, but we really like the effect and the feel and the story of doing these paper-looking deals, which are cool. Don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm not complaining. But, you know, that's that's not a... 
I don't know that that answer is 100% true. What I think happens with this sort of thing is here we are at the tail end with a smaller bit of story tacked on at the end of the core game. And in the core game, you had a lot more going on with dialogue, sub-bosses, things that led up to the Diablo confrontation, right? Lots more. So you had to fill in that dialogue, and they probably did all of that at the same sitting. So then jump forward to an expansion where you got to have a new dude. You just... I'm guessing you just don't have enough lines or you didn't take the time or it costs more money. So you just sit those guys down, put them on the mic and say, all right, here you go. Does a sheet and walks away. So there's a lot more of like, ah, this place smells of death and that's it. Instead of, you know, a big conversation between him and the, you know, him and the scoundrel, for example, which is who I roll with when I, uh, when I got the crusader out, me and the crusader, when he's hanging out, we take the scoundrel with us. Why? The extra DPS is nice. That's why. All right, we got some stuff in the news. You guys want to hear some of this? A few things of note. Um, so we now have a really, really good idea. Well, I don't know, really, really, but a pretty good idea of what to expect in 2.1. PTR is not up. We'll get to that in a minute. Uh, talk about what we expect in terms of timing. But um, the big the big hit points of this patch are the following. Seasons, greater rifts, leaderboards, combat changes, and the cesspools. Now, I had heard of everything else, and we have pretty good detailed information on a lot of this prior to these patch notes or this patch preview. But I had not heard of the cesspools before now. Not to be confused with my Uncle Joel's backyard when I was growing up in the 80s. Thing was a real cesspool, if you know what I'm saying. Um, so let's dig into the key points here. This, uh, this was news to me. I didn't know how we were going to gain access to the greater rifts. And so while I'm excited about greater rifts and how those are going to work, didn't know how you got there. So here's how you do it. Access a greater rift, simply complete a regular Nephilim rift in any difficulty. You could do it in normal, all right? Just tear through there. When you defeat the Rift Guardian, they have a chance to drop a greater Rift key. You can then use this new key at the Nephilim Obelisk, uh, similar to other Rift fragments. This will open a greater Rift, and if you have uh, members in your party, each party or each player will be prompted to use one of their own greater Rift keys to join the fun. So no, no more, at least with the greater Rift, you're not flipping the, you know, the bill for everybody. Flipping the bill? What's the phrase? Footing the bill? Flipping the bill, paying the bill. There you go. Let me just let me just simplify that old euphemism. Is it a euphemism? <laughs> anyway, you are no longer you are no longer covering for everybody there. You're going Dutch on this little date. The four of you are on a Dutch date. That's what we called them when we were kids, like prom when the girl would pay too. Havesies. Did you guys ever do that? I think I did that once. I think about it. I think it was a girl's choice dance and it wasn't required to go Dutch, but she wanted me to. Anyway, doesn't matter. She was cheap. And who knows where she is now? Likely not listening to the show nor playing Diablo 3. Um, anyway, that's how that'll work. So be ready, uh, prepared for that. Legendary gems are a big part of these previews. And they say this, they are nowhere near ready. Okay. Still being iterated heavily, these things. These new legendary gems. So don't expect to see them on the PTR right away. 
but we have some decent ideas about what those are going to be like. Um, they're going to look cool. I still think they need to make some of the static art in the game glowy and, and kind of 3D-ish E and have like little, you know, little fake vapors coming off of stuff. I mean, look at like gold cards in Hearthstone, the way they do that art. I'd love to see more of that. And I think gems would be prime for that, but who knows? We don't, I, I, this is nothing to do with these notes. It has everything to do with things I want. And I don't always get what I want. Who's, who said it best? You don't always get what you want. All right. Also, uh, there are big healing changes. There's actually some big dexterity stuff uh, that will affect monks and demon hunters, but I think we knew about a lot of that. And I'll, I think that stuff is probably the most subject to change because when you're dealing with people's classes, that's, that's, that's touchy business, right? Anyway, the, uh, the healing changes are kind of a big deal. The quote is this. We are reducing the amount of, of healing globes. Sorry, let me back that up. We are reducing the amount of healing health globes provide. So health globes provide so much healing. They're going to reduce that. Oh, what are you uh, did we get nerfed? Is that what you think? Ah, but buffing life on hit and life regeneration on gear to compensate. So this is some of those changes to gear that you'll probably see retroactively added. Certainly the new stuff you get, but you know, current legendaries will will reflect those changes. Um, and there's a there's a lot more talk about how that is going to be the best solution. So while health globes will be reduced, and I actually kind of think this is a good idea. I don't I don't I don't necessarily need health globes to be a very dynamic thing in the game. Uh, they don't say in this, uh, when you do a potion, uh, and then that's on cooldown, what, what are you getting out of that? Like, is there a change there? I don't know. Or did they reduce that as well? They didn't say, but, uh, buffing life on hit and life to regeneration, the gear to compensate for the change to health globes seems like a fine idea to me. And in keeping with their general philosophy. Uh, the big one, the part I'm most excited about probably is the cesspools. Again, a quote from Blizzard. While seasons and greater rifts are definitely taking center stage with this patch, we're also providing some additional content to add more variety and flavor to your adventure mode exploration. Originally designed as the sewers of Westmarch, we weren't quite able to include it in the ces- or include the cesspools in the list of playable environments in Reaper of Souls by the time the expansion launched. So this got held back, but the work was done, extensively done, uh, and now that is uh, it's a thing that could spawn. So if you're running a rift, for example, uh, you you know cesspools could spawn and off you go. I don't. It didn't really clarify or say or or, or indicate, and maybe I'm reading it wrong, but I I don't think this means you're going to get new adventure mode quests in this environment. But then he did just say adding more variety and flavor to your adventure mode ex- adventure mode exploration. So unless I'm reading that wrong. I don't want to assume too much, but that'd be nice, right? I mean, how many times do I need to kill that damn skeleton king? How many more times? Probably a lot more times. That's my guess. I'm guessing I'm not near done with him. There's also some uh, substantial in the forums uh, clarification for greater rifts. And there'd be some who be confused, okay? I think I was a little confused. But they've clarified it. Greater risks will be available to both season and non-season characters, as well as the legendary gem rewards associated with them. 
This means everyone will be able to start working on these gems regardless if you choose to participate in a season or not. I'm really glad they're saying that because I'm not sure season play is for me. I'm not really one of those guys that wants to compare his leaderboards with everybody else. I don't, I'm not poo-pooing it. I think plenty of people should and I admire those who do and I think it's great. I don't have that kind of time uh, or dedication. I just want to have fun. So that to me is not that interesting. However, it is nice to hear that because I'm in that boat, I'm not going to miss out much, uh, especially on the gem stuff. The gem rewards. The standard caveat of all of this currently being under development subject to change still applies, though. That's what they say. Uh, they go on to say the timer in a greater rift is, is only to determine if you're, excuse me, if you'll pro- progress to a more difficult greater rift. Running out of time will prevent you from progressing in difficulty. But it will not remove you from the rift you're currently in. You'll be able to continue your progression toward the rift guardian like normal. All right. That's good. So if you do decide to go timed and, you know, go crazy with it, you can. But if you fail, you're still going to, it's not going to go, and then you're left standing there and you got to just port back to town and try again. Although some will do that, right? I think a lot of people do that. I mean, if if your sole goal is to get in there and beat it in the time and max your difficulty and everything else, and that's your sole goal, do you really want to hang around and kill the guardian and beat a bunch of trash? Probably not. But it's nice to know you could for us uh, more casual approachers to such things. Uh, and then once again, they they put the other caveat in again that everything's still in development, subject to change. But the notes are nice. It looks good. And I also like how kind of concise everything is. It all, very, it all makes a bunch of sense. And it's real easy to read through. So if you have a minute, go to the official Diablo site or we'll have a link to it in the show notes and read all the details about this upcoming patch. Hey. I'm really loving the show. It's been really interesting. Well, I'm a console gamer, and I was wondering if you uh, could say more about the consoles uh, on the show, and if you have any information on whether Reaper of Souls is going to be a standalone DLC, or if you have to buy the Ultimate Evil Edition. Anyways, keep up the good work, and enjoy it. Bye. The unfortunate circumstance is that you will have to buy it as a standalone game. Uh, you can move your saves, so PS3, uh, to PS3 or PS4. So if you get the PS3 version of Ultimate Evil Edition, well, either either you get either new version on the PlayStation uh, for, formats, you can move that save. Same goes for Xbox 360 to 360 or 360 to th- Xbox One. So you're covered when it comes to your saves and your progression and all that. You are not, however, going to be able to get this as a standalone expansion and just add it to the game you've already got or downloaded or any of that. You might be able to download it digitally because day and date, I think everything's on. The new consoles are all day and date downloads, right? Yeah, that's right. So if I want to get the PS4 version, which I think I do, I want to have that console experience as well. It should be fun. Couch co-op with the boy, you know? Uh, yeah, that's how that'll all work. Now, to your other question, uh, you know, more. why not more talk about the console versions? It's kind of hard. They don't get the same... They're not in the same development loop as the as the PC one. They, I mean, clearly they're focused on the PC and Mac version. That's where all their 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 heavy duty coverage is. They make really great console versions, and these are great. There's nothing wrong with them. It's just that you're not going to hear week to week about big patches or changes to the content or giant updates. And what updates they do get will either be on a separate development path or 
likely well after they're released on PC. So content patches, changes to the way things work, all that kind of stuff, that's going to come at a very, very slow rate. I will always cover and talk about what's going on with the console version, including playing it. Um, But don't expect it to be like, you know, a lot of new information all the time. That's going to be real rare. Like hot fixes in that environment don't really exist. Now that that may improve over time and maybe it's not as hard on the newer consoles because those are a little bit more open than the previous ones. But, but that's how console development is. And in a way they're aiming at a very different audience. You sound like kind of a hybrid guy who's interested either way, but a lot of people are, you know, they're not interested in the, the week to week changes in the game. They just want to play their console game. They don't really care about what's under the hood. So you're just going to see less of that. That's why. It's nothing against you, man. You sound like a really nice guy. You think we'll hear anything at Gamescom, which is coming up August 13th through 17th in Cologne, Germany? Jawohl, welcome. Welcome to Cologne. Yeah. <laughs> See, I can do that voice because uh, I have Scandinavian blood. Anyway, uh, do we think we'll hear anything like... I just got thinking about this. Trailers, maybe? Hints at expansions? Other big content news? Maybe Blizzard comes out and says, hey, we're going to put a new character out and you can buy it for 10 bucks or 25 bucks, let's say. And it's a brand new character class. Hey, what do you think, everybody? Uh, Not that I expect that. But, you know, I don't know. I don't know what to expect. It's uh, It feels like it's kind of the year for WoW and that's their big focus as a as a, as a company. Because of the 10-year anniversary, not just because of the expansion coming out. And as a result, I, I just feel like all of their hypey sort of here we are at a big convention in Europe kind of mode will be aimed directly at that. Like, I think Gamescom is where they're going to show the uh, Warlords of Draenor or Draenor. Drainer. <laughs> uh, cinematic. I think that's they did that last time with, with Miss of Pandaria, so why not? So I, I feel like I feel like we're not going to probably get much Diablo stuff there. I hope we do. This is not me being, uh, you know, I'm not, I don't want to be too dour about it. But my predictions are a little bit low. Um, but I would argue that if we don't see anything there, I'll bet there is a lot more something going on Diablo-wise at BlizzCon this year that we don't know about yet. I don't know. I don't know what the speed. They're so. It's a little weird, right? Because before Reaper Souls, the um, the treadmill's a little bit slow. It wasn't like you know, oh, we want to put stuff out quicker or whatever. But now they seem like they're kind of on a different, a different level. There's a lot of cop cars that went by. That's not for me. My groin hurts. Maybe that's it. Maybe they're all coming for me. Anyway, <laughs> I don't know what I was saying before the cops came. I was freaking out. I had to hide my stash, man. Um, I don't have a stash. I don't have a stash of anything. You know what I have? I have vanilla mints. I think those are, they say dentist recommended, but they seem lawful. It says have a blast on the side. I guess I could take that too far and blow something up. Anyway, the point is uh, BlizzCon, man. That's where I think we get some meaty, some meaty info. And we'll see if that, if they truly, oh, I know what I was saying. If they're truly on a, a timeline that, that means that we're going to get stuff quicker or not, that'd be nice, right? Pretty excited about the whole idea of new content 
and faster content. Hey, Scott, it's Craig. I'm wondering if you miss a feature that I miss from Diablo 1 and 2. Uh, in those older games, if you were already running your character through somewhere and you were holding the mouse button down, you could toggle that larger mini-map, the one that overlays your whole screen, and you could still drive your guy. And I found it really useful if I had cleared out a large area and needed to run back to a specific point. I could kind of go on autopilot and just run right back. That doesn't work in Diablo 3, and I'm wondering if anybody else cares. Take it easy. I also miss that terribly. It was nice. And I will be remiss if I don't mention at least the fact that some of the maps, especially Rifts in this game, did a solo Rift the other day that was like the layout of a giant office complex in China or something. Like if you looked at the map, just little teeny rooms all interconnected by doors for miles. It was huge. I think I did the entire Rift before I even got done with that space, with that entire floor, you know, I didn't go to another level because I, there was, there were, there were a thousand mobs to kill in there. Um, and when that happens, it'd be real nice to be able to pull that up and just kind of mouse in the direction you want to go. What it does is you can actually mouse pretty far and then bring up the map. But the minute your guy gets to where you last clicked, whether or not you're holding down the click or not, he will stop there in Diablo two. And I guess one, I don't remember. Did one do it? I think I think one did it. But in Diablo 1 and 2, we'll just assume one did it. It's so long ago now, I don't remember. But you could bring that map up and keep going. So I, that'd be really nice if they could add that. Just It seems like an easy interface change. I don't suspect there's that much work involved with it. I just don't, I don't know that it's a priority or that other people are bringing it up. But I still do it occasionally. I'll be like, oh, I stopped again. I have to get out of the map and go, you know, kind of toggle the map on and off more frequently than I'd like to. So, yeah, you're not wrong, dude. You're not wrong. Did you guys know the auction house is still open? Did you know that? Did you know that that until June 24th, the auction house exists? Sort of. Let me explain. I didn't know this, by the way. I got an email yesterday that said, Just as a reminder, the Diablo 3 gold and real money auction houses will be closed for good on Tuesday, June 24th. If you still have unclaimed items or gold in the completed tab, please retrieve them before next week or they'll be gone forever. Forever! I'm just kidding. It's not that intense. So I went in there, I logged in, and sure enough, there's a little auction house icon. And I haven't used it since the auction house was, you know, actively taking auctions and I checked the tab and I had a bunch of legendaries or legendaries, more rares than legendaries, but I had a bunch of rares and a couple legendaries in there that never sold. So they were just kind of like, Oh, put these back in your stash kind of stuff. And, uh, a million gold from stuff that I had gone through that I completely forgot about completely spaced it. If I hadn't checked my email or this thing had gone to spam, I would have never noticed. I would have never seen it. Well, maybe I would have because I check the news on their site all the time and they have this up on the official blog. But had I not seen that, I'd have been a million gold in the turlet. I don't know why they couldn't. Why can't they just automatically send that stuff? You know what? Here's what you do, Blizzard. It's so easy. You just use your your already in place sort of algorithmic whatever that you use for bounty uh, uh, caches, right? So... You go into town, you check your stash, and in there is a, is a, is a cache. 
You, uh, uh, Herodric cash, you pull that thing out, plop it on the ground, and it poops out everything that you left in the auction house. Even name it, auction house cash. And all that stuff poops out on the floor. You decide what to do with it, kill it, sell it, whatever. And then any gold that was in there is just thrown into your bank. Or put that on the ground. I'll just run over it. Vacuum it up. Do I have to tell you guys how to do everything? <laughs> anyway, please go check the auction house. The, the icon is still down there. That's still a thing. And uh, I would like to see you all get your money. Okay? Hi, Scott. Big fan of the show. My uh, player name is uh, Monolithic Tentacled Abomination, Whoa. and I live in Portland. I was calling in with uh, just kind of a, a thing that's been bugging me. Um, so I played a lot of Diablo 3 before the expansion, but I never played quite enough to get enough gems and enough money to craft what used to be the uh, highest level gems. And I'd like to do that now, only the problem is I don't seem to get the square gems anymore once I get past about level, I don't know, 63 or something like that. They just stop dropping, and I just start getting the uh, the better gems that came with the expansion. So how am I going to get in the level range to get those gems that I need, you know, what used to be the higher level gems that dropped, um, and how am I going to stay in that range without leveling out of it? I'm going to have to re-roll character after character to get to that level range of about 55 to 60-something, and uh, I just don't know if that's feasible. So any suggestions? Thanks. You're not the only one. I wonder about this, too. I mean, I've been getting a lot of older gems because I've got some alts I've been working on. But uh, is, I don't know if there's another way. Well, okay, I know, I know one other way. Find a friend who can roll an alt at, or has an alt at the levels you need those gems at, right? Let's say they're the, whatever they are, the, I can't think of any of the names, but the little square ones, all right? The ones that used to be Diablo 3 legendaries or, you know, endgame gems. Um, so I guess that'd be, what, 50 through 60 or something. Uh, roll with that guy and do it at his, have him start the game, go with him, you'll get a ton of gems that way. I've done this. Now that sucks because you got to have another guy and he's got to have that character. And once he levels out of it, same problem, right? So that's a good question, you know? That's a really good question because at some point they will have to, here's what I think they'll do. They'll beef up drops of current 60 to 70 gems, the big imperial things. And you'll then you will then have all of the uh, the, the 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 manufacturing parts to uh, do what you got to do. Also, uh, in other words, enough of those will drop that you don't need to get the previous gems to build those. If that makes sense. And then when you get those, obviously you can put those in in, in your alt gear. Even I mean that's the other thing that helped me level so fast with some of these characters is putting these big fat imperial bonus gems into a level twelve dude's axe. You know. That's an amazing piece of growth right there. Torment 3 with your level 20 dumbass barbarian. Guy can't read, but he can tear down 50 demons in one sweep. I had a dream the other night. I totally forgot to mention this at the top of the show. I had a dream the other night that that uh, rifts and dungeons in this game really smell bad. And I'm not used to having dreams where I can smell but I very distinctly just like like that horrible, sickly, sweet, rotting flesh, bloated corpse kind of smell. I, the dream I was in, I was in a, Di- a Diablo dungeon and I could smell that. Now, it's possible that at like three in the morning, my wife did a little, you know, 
I'll never tell her I said this, but maybe she cracked one off and it just hit me and I went, oh, let's make a dream about this. Because that's what I do. If I hear a sound in the middle of the night or, um, you know, it's cold or whatever, my, my, my environment, my surroundings spawn dreams. And maybe that, maybe that did it. And my brain says, you know, we're going to set this one in uh, Diablo. Does that make me weird? It makes me a little weird, doesn't it? Slightly weird. Ever so slightly. All right, let's dig deep into Prediction Land. You ever been to Prediction Land? It is, um, Prediction Land today is population me and you, all right? In June, we are in June, we are near the end of June, they said on the blue post I read that they think maybe PTR 2.1 will be up this month. That means they got like a week and a day or a couple days or something to make that true. Quote, no specific date to share at this time. In fact, I'll go ahead and say right now that we won't reveal the release date ahead of time. So they're just going to spring it on us. At present, however, we are currently looking to launch the 2.1.0 PTR sometime this month. Of course, the usual caveat, but of course, this may change depending on our development schedule. Once the PTR is available, we'll provide you with standard PTR now available message on the front page as well as in the current set of PTR patch notes. So if you were looking forward to possible PTR this month, they might have your back, man. I hope so. Hello, Mr. Scott Johnson. I was wondering, with this new show of yours, are you going to start up a clan within the game? I think this would be a great idea, especially since a lot of your shows attract a very tight-knit community. And I would love to get rid of my Templar and put some person that doesn't think everything is glorious in his place. <laughs> love your show. Keep it up. Come on, man. He's the best. He is the best. The other two are fine. They have their place. But the Templar... Uh, in fact, we think it's a little, let me get a little dialogue going here. Uh, that would be a video of him talking here. Want to hear some beta dialogue from the Diablo 3 beta? Listen to this. All right, guys. Oh, that's a guy talking. We don't want him. Uh, hey, how about this? Here you go. All right, okay. Fight. Maintain your incantations. He will soon turn. Yo, I am free. Now, back to my mission. Oh, you know what it is. It's that's that. It's when you've gone through the game again, and you're releasing. You've got like a level, I don't know, level 50 Templar and you're releasing your the Templar again. So you got two Templars hanging out and they don't seem to recognize each other or seem to have a problem. That's what that is. But whatever, man. No no hating on him. He's great. Clans. Yes. Uh, just People should just search for Aliyah Yakta Est. We have a uh, clan. It's based on our original World of Warcraft guild, but we are all over games now. We're all over the place. Wildstar and, of course, WoW and Eve and a million other games. We still have we still have stuff in uh, Tor, the Old Republic, uh, freaking Guild Wars Two. I mean, we're all over. But uh, yeah, there's a very active bunch of AIE players who play uh, Diablo. So you would want to just do do searches in there. There's a way to search for stuff. Um, the the group that I'm in, the actual group that I play with a lot. What is it? not group? But the the what do you call it? 
because there's like the guild, not guilds, but whatever they are, and then they got then they're then there's your clan, and the clan that I belong to is Furt, F E R T. It's a lot of the same people I were uh, raid and wow with, but um, just hunt around. Someone will add you. If I'm on, I can add you too. And uh, it's growing and it's nice. So yeah, there's an answer to that. It's time for your emails. Got one here from Joshua Stewart. It says, hey, Scott, I don't know. Oh, by the way, you can send these emails to thediabloshow at gmail.com. That's thediabloshow at gmail.com. And by the way, these calls you hear throughout the show that are so rad and you should be doing them too. You can send those phone calls to 206-278-0553. That's 206-278-0553. And um, if they're short and interesting, they're on, man. We'll just put them in. we got more coming up, too, so hang on for those. But here's an email that went to thediabloshow at gmail.com. You can also send your attachments there. It can be MP3s or waves or whatever. All right, Joshua says, hey, Scott, I don't know if this is just me, but the other night I fired up Diablo 3 for the first time in about two weeks. Hold on, my screen just went black. There we go. Uh, he said he just got a Wii U, so he's been busy with that. Anyway, I ran four uh, four rifts on uh, T3 with three others. Well, I got hooked up with loot. 14 various legendaries slash set pieces and a handful of patterns in just over an hour of playtime. Now, this was on a Monday. Every other day this week, squat, zip, nilch, nada. I haven't gotten a thing. The really strange thing is that I've experienced this pattern, in quotes, in WoW before, it feels like the longer you go without playing, the more hooked up you get when you come back. But once you get hooked up, uh, hooked up fat, he says, <laughs> then it's nothing for a while. Is it just me? Have you noticed this, fellow listeners? Am I crazy? Am I? I have discovered a clever, clever algorithm in Blizzard games. LOL. Lol. Thanks and always keep on slaying, says Joshua. And he also says at the bottom, uh, his uh, character name is Virilium, Vir- Viral, I'm sorry, Viral Rain. P.S. Got my loot pinata. It's awesome. Thanks. More on that later if you guys want your own loot pinata from the show. And an update on this gate deck. We'll talk about that in a minute. Uh, I don't think so. At least they don't claim as much because this has come up before. You may have just gotten real lucky, dude. It's it's come, it's almost like, well, did that... Cause, okay. Ch- reframe the question about your latest trip to Vegas. I haven't been in, in Vegas in six months. I was too busy playing with my Wii U. But now I'm going back to Vegas. And as soon as I got there, all the quarter machines and dollar machines are kicking out cash. You won four poker games and the, uh, the what's the spinny one with the marbles? Whatever the hell that is. <laughs> and that and the craps table. All You're just winning like crazy. What's going on? This can't be. Oh my gosh. I've, I've What a lucky streak. Next day you go back into, into your uh, hotel casino there and nothing. Nada. All week, nothing. Do you have the same feeling like the house was trying to attract you in and they paid attention to where you were on the floor and they made sure you won a bunch to get you hooked. And now that you're hooked, you got to stay in, you know, lose all your winnings. I think it's that same thing. I don't think there's anything weird or nefarious going on here. It just kind of, sometimes it, when it rains, it pours. Sometimes it's feast or famine. You know, all of the, all the gambling tropes, I think, apply here. If anyone out there has a different opinion on that, you know where to get me. Hey, Scott, this is Ring Zero with a tip for listeners on how they might increase their chances of buying their ring of royal grandeur. Um, a while ago, there was a, a blue post in the Wizard forums about something people are calling a pity timer. And the idea is that the longer someone goes without getting a legendary drop, the game starts to increase their chances 
of getting that legendary crop until they do, and then that piggy timer resets. So the idea with the Ring of Royal Grandeur is that you run the Act 1 bounties on normal mode, skipping everything, picking no bodies, opening no chests, avoiding all elite packs and all other mobs, only doing what's absolutely necessary to complete the cache, decreasing your chances of getting a legendary until you open that Viragic Crash at the end, and that's supposed to help you get your ring. Hope that helps. Love the show. Thanks. Oh, man. So maybe he just maybe he just added more controversy to the previous question. Maybe this is a conspiracy. But I really want that ring, so I'm going to try it out. Right, got another email here from. Where's your name? Come on, you sneaky little name. This is Ben. It looks like Ben says the following: Hello, Scott. Thanks for the great podcast. They always provide excellent entertainment and information for me to consume while mowing the lawn. Do you mow weekly? Or how often do you mow? If you listen to other shows, anyway. Last week you mentioned the theory about why we still identify legendaries. I do agree with your take. Uh, oops, screen went black again. That's weird. I do agree with your take that excitement of unwrapping a present, for example. However, I do have another theory. This is where it gets interesting. I found a legendary shield one day with my demon hunter and thought at the time this was, well, kind of a waste of time. Uh, why would this guy need a shield? And so on, right? If I identify the shield with the demon hunter, the stats seem to be, uh, seem to, seem to up being demon hunter preferred stats. I think you wrote that weird. Uh, but instead of breaking the item, I toss it into my bank and identified it with my barbarian. I was curious to see if the item would end up with a demon hunter preferred stat or stats for my barb. Well, it seems my theory held up. I ended up being a nice upgrade for my barbarian, who I rarely play since I prefer ranged classes. Uh, but anyway, instead of a agility shield for my uh, first dude or to destroy it and use it as mat. Uh, well, Ben... You're absolutely right, and I had not even considered this in my little rant last week about, not rant, but, you know, why we keep having identification around. You're absolutely correct. You put something in the bank and not identify it and let one of your other characters do it, it will be statted toward him. And thank you, by the way, to the, I don't know, 10 or 15 calls that told me this and other emails that also filled us in on this. You're absolutely right. But you can all calm down now. I totally understand. <laughs> I'm all good. Got a uh, thought on crafteds here. Let's check that out. This week you were talking about uh, set pieces and how you feel like these green items are basically a way to get better gear in the end and they're kind of a starter. Well, I totally feel like those are end game pieces because up front, I don't think that getting the pieces are going to make you better immediately. But I think they're a way to craft a build. You take a con set, for example, which is a uh, uh, Crusader set. You can cool, reduce your cooldown on Akrat's Champion by 50%. There's, a, you know, all of a sudden, instead of grabbing strength and critical hit damage, all that stuff, which you're still going to try for, you're grabbing cooldown reduction. So you can be in basically Akrat's Champion 100% of the time. Um, so I think I think they're definitely endgame gear, but a, a way to get to end game gear by making a different build or and his call cut off there for some reason i don't know why sorry about that must have lost his connection anyway yeah you're right um and i have to admit when i'm faced with a with a really sweet legendary drop and i'm wearing something with great set bonuses i'm very hesitant to swap that out 
because the bonus is oftentimes it is I find it excruciating to to make that choice. It's very hard for me. Sometimes I need to experiment around, do a little solo play and and figure out what I'm liking before I'll make an ultimate decision, but I agree with you. Set pieces give you these crazy bonuses that are kind of hard to replicate, but occasionally and the goal is that you will get legendaries that will make that stuff look silly at some point. So I'm not quite there yet with replacing a lot of those pieces. I have in a couple of cases, but then found, you know, went back in a couple of cases and said, nope, going back to the set pieces. So I think it just kind of depends on where you're at. Got an email from Mike in Ohio. It says, hey, Scott, with a Steam sale up, I decided to try out Torchlight 2. I have an extreme love of action RPGs and wanted to see if this could stack up at all against Diablo 3. After about an hour or so of playing, I felt that Torchlight just did not give the satisfaction of Diablo. So my question is, are there ever going to be games like this that stack up well against Blizzard's beast of a game? Or will they be upper echelon of action RPG, or will they always be the upper echelon of action RPGs as they are with games like WoW, StarCraft, and so on? I uh, love the show. Keep up the awesome work. Mike from Ohio. Well, Mike from Ohio. Wonder where in Ohio? Are you in Toledo, Cleveland? Uh, uh, oh, that's Iowa. I'm thinking of for a Tumwa. That's where uh, Radar from MASH was from. What else is in Ohio? Akron? Uh, Anyway, it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, it's a really good question. I mean, Torchlight did kind of come along at a time where people are like hungry for this, and and it and it's got some legacy. The founders of that of that company, of Runic Rune, Runic Games, was it? Anyway, they were ex Blizzard guys, and they were people directly involved in the original Diablo two development team, the Blizzard North people. Uh so I think it's actually a pretty good game. I think the Torchlight series is pretty good. I don't think it's as good as Diablo three. By a pretty long shot. It was an okay diversion while we had it, but I'm it is nowhere near the game that Diablo 3 is. I suspect that, D, uh, that Blizzard will always dominate in this particular game and genre. Um, they've they've established and they've earned this space. They've earned this spot at the top of the heap. They really have. Uh, but there are some pretty good uh, games out there to play. So I really like Path of Exile. It's a free-to-play action RPG on Steam. If you haven't played it, you totally should. It's um, beautiful, fun, and I like some of the stuff they're doing. I don't. There are a few things I don't like. I don't like their inventory system. I hate it. But there are other things that are like to like there, and it's very, um, I would say, true to the to the vision of these games. It's a really, really well done game. Um, is it better than Diablo Three? No, I don't think so. Some may argue with me on that. The other game would be, oh, crap, Grim. All right, just for, uh, you know what? I got it right here. Let me pull it up. Grim Dawn, that's it. Grim Dawn is still in early access. I actually kickstarted it or it contributed to the Kickstarter they ran for it. These are these are people that used to do the, uh, uh, geez, none of these names are coming to me right now. The the one that's the the one about the the freaking Greek mythology one that was pretty good back in like oh six, and that game was called Titan Quest, and its uh, expansion fantastic game, and very Diablo like and pr- probably was the best pretender to the Diablo throne at the time and still looks beautiful by the way Titan Quest it still holds up, uh, but a uh, this this Grim Dawn thing is their new one, and it's pretty good pretty solid. Again, good, good legacy, good, uh, 
good developers. I like what they're doing. So those are two I would check out if you're interested in just playing around and seeing what else is out there. But I, I, I think Diablo's really at the top of the heap. And I don't see them being removed from that heap anytime soon. But I've been wrong before. Scott, it's Deckard Kane. No, you're not. Actually, not the real Deckard Kane. Uh, anyway, I wanted to know your thoughts on the transmogrification. Some of the new sets, such as a con set, once you get it, you can't transmogrify new gear to look like it. I really would like that. I feel it would help my looting. Give me your thoughts. Love the show. He Great seemed, work. He, he seemed to get higher as he went. I would like to know if you believe. Transmog. <laughs> Stay a while. You gotta go lower. I've had this beard, Leah, my whole life. It is only now that I can see Mephisto's plan for my beard. Your punishment will be more severe, Gotham. Anyway, the point is, what was the point? Oh, transmog. Yeah, if you're telling me that you got a piece of transmog gear that will not allow you to transmog to it from your other gear, then there's some, that's a bug. I have not run into that. I've been doing a little transmog here and there, and I haven't had that problem. But if that's what's going on with you, I would open a ticket, man. If you are indeed the actual Deckard Kane, which I believe you're not, that's it for emails, and that is it for calls. Thank you guys so much for that, because that makes the show so much better. Holy crap, you guys deliver every week. Please use that phone number liberally and call the show, 206-278-0553. It's very rare I don't use it. In fact, there are a couple of calls that I'm going to play at the end of the show because, A, they're more like big tips, and they're also kind of longer. I don't normally like the longer stuff, but these are pretty good, so stay tuned for those. We'll still play those uh, here shortly. A reminder that there is a contest going on. I should probably play a little contest music. How about that? Here you go. It is in full swing, and that contest involves uh, the skate deck that is amazing and incredible. And I've been... um, In fact, I should give him credit. Here we go. I'm going to give credit to the person who actually sent it. It is not technically Blizzard who sent me this. It is Stephen Dowling who uh, happens to work at Blizzard, but is a rad dude and is so nice and has given us codes for games and other stuff, including this deck signed by all of Team 3. If you haven't seen photos of it, you can go to uh, frogpants.com slash Diablo and you can see it uh, right there on the blog. There's links to it. At any rate, I'm very excited to give this away. We have another full week where you can be a potential winner of this skate deck. Many have entered. We will pick randomly to determine who wins this thing cannot tell you how tempted I am to just leave the country and take it with me. It is rad. Uh, here's how you do it. Email us at thediabloshow at gmail.com. And the most important part is you have to have the word skate in the subject line. And it must be spelled properly. S-K-A-T-E. If it's not there, it won't be filtered and I won't know you've even entered. So if you really want this thing, you have to put skate in the subject line and spell it properly. That's at thediabloshow at gmail.com. It's important to have the the in front there, right? Thediabloshow at gmail.com. And uh, you too could win this brand new awesome deck. You're never going to write it. You're going to hang it on a wall and treasure it until you die. That's how this is going to go. And you got one more week to do it. We're going to award it next episode. 
And that's the episode before Nerdtacular, so it might be the last time we speak for about a week after that. So if you want this thing, get in it. Okay. If you want to support the show, I know you do. You do. You want to support the show, right? If I yelled it and said, do you want to support the show? You'd say, yes. Scott, I want to support the show. How can I? How can I be that guy that helps and puts the show on the top and helps it keep happening? Well, here's how you do it. You go to frogpants.com slash store. You can also find it on the blog. Either way, it will get you there. And on there, on that store, you will find the Diablo Show Loot Pinata. And it includes prints, coasters, stickers, and much more. All signed by me, by the way. These, these big prints, album art prints. From the artwork I also created for the album art. Uh, go over there and uh, pick one up. They're inexpensive and it really, really helps the show. I mean, it's really, it's the only revenue stream the show has. I'm not doing any advertisers for this thing. I'm not saying I wouldn't. Somebody out there wants to get in touch with me, but I uh, want to see how you guys can, you know, maybe we can just do this directly, you know? Help it pay for itself because you guys are pitching in. That's frogpants.com slash store. And that's the Diablo loot pinata. Do it today. All of us will be better off for it. All right. It's going to do it for us. Thank you, everybody, for being here. Got some more stuff coming up, so stay tuned for that. A couple of calls. Uh, but that's it for us. Please go to the website, frogpants.com slash Diablo. The Diablo show at gmail.com is the email address once again. If you want to follow me and the show on Twitter, the show can be found at The Diablo Show on Twitter. That's at The Diablo Show on Twitter. Or me, at Scott Johnson. Or, hey, why don't you just do both? Okay? Yeah, all right. Again, our phone number, 206-278-0553. Call with all haste. It's going to do it for us. Thank you guys for being here. We'll see you next time. I've been thinking about Skeleton King's testicle uh, all week long, so thank you for that. And I think they should make a new boss in the next patch. And he, we should have take his testicle, and his name should be Oddball. Um, and that's all because of you. So thanks for putting that in my head all week. Love the show. Thanks so much. Keep up the great work. Hi, Scott and the Diablo Show listeners. My name is Alachia. I just wanted to give a quick enchanting tip to players regarding weapons. Nine out of ten times like legendary drops, the stats are not perfect. I know you get all excited that a legendary drops, and then you realize you still have to enchant it because there are a couple of what they call throwaway stats on most items. Some that used to be awesome, like life per hit, and some that may be more awesome after 2.1 drops. Who knows? For the current state of Diablo 3 Reaper of Souls, though, everything is currently leaning toward critical hit chance and critical hit damage. One of the easiest ways to boost your damage is to enchant your weapon. And unless you're running some wacky, crazy build, there is only one optimized way to enchant it. With a socket. Roll and re-roll until you get a socket. And then gem that baby up with the best emerald gem you can afford to add the critical hit damage with. And don't be cheap and use a chip gem (laughs) like my friend Cowboy. Oh my god, he's going to kill me for that. So yeah, use the most expensive gems. If that you can afford emerald. So, uh, for instance, let's take Mr. Gerp, Mr. Gerp, the wizard, for instance. He's got a pretty darn nice 2.2k one-handed sword, the ancient bone saber of Zumakali. 
It rolled with arcane damage, 689 int, not bad. 7% attack speed, nice. And 2k life for hit, bleh. So just take that bad boy to the mystic and enchant the life per hit staff off for, for a socket, and then gem it with an emerald, and you'll see a huge boost in your DPS. And this pretty much applies to every weapon. Ceremonial knives, fist weapons, wands, crossbows, all of them. Um, I have read some stuff for patch 2.1 about Blizzard wanting to change enchanting for weapons or gem weapon buffs so that this becomes a little bit more diversified. But until then, Socket and Emerald is the most efficient bang for your buck. Hope this helps, and thanks for doing the show. Laters. This podcast is part of the Frog Pants Studios Network. For more information about this and other shows, visit frogpants.com. Audio program so good, it's like you're there. 